0: Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration in leadership development. I'm your host, Brad Knowles. Now let's dive in. We're going to talk about a topic that will affect every area of your life. And what I mean by that is, this is gonna show up in your business, this is gonna show up in your personal life, this is gonna show up in your one-on-one time, this is gonna show up in uh, any relationships you have with employees or customers, whatever it might be, whatever business you're in, whatever position you're in in that business, however you show up in the world as a leader, this topic touches every piece of it. And what we're going to talk about today is how you use your time. Time blocking. Let's start here. First off, it's time blocking, not time management. Because if you grab the minute hand of a big clock and you hold on with all your might, you can't get that sucker to slow down for one second. Not one second. You can't buy your way to one more minute or sell your way to one less minute. You cannot manage time. What you can do is choose how to use it. Here's what we mean. You can look ahead at the time to come and say, all right, that hour I have next week at that time, how will I strategically use that time? Be purposeful in the the allocation of the time that you have. And the work's kind of already done for you on this. And that's why I wanted to do this on a podcast, because we can talk about it all we want, but I would argue passionately that the conversation has already been had when it comes to time management, time blocking, and the order of operations. So that's what I'm going to help you with today is how do you approach the use of time in a day, week, month, year, decades? How do you approach that? How do we prioritize and how do we get the most out of the time that we have? The difference between someone who is highly successful and someone who is modestly successful almost always comes down to where they focus their time. The people who are highly successful focus their time on the things that matter most. So that's a pretty binary conversation within business, but the challenge is we don't live in a bubble of just business. You've got your personal life, you've got your own personal development, you've got family, you've got friends, there's all sorts of stuff going on in there, and none of them happen in isolation from the other. So how do we take all of those spinning plates and use our time most effectively? And what's our order of operations to do that? So we're gonna dive right into it right now. And first and foremost, I would argue that the first thing that goes into your calendar are the things that you are committed to doing that you don't control when the time is. So here's a real simple one. Your cousin's getting married you're committed to going to the wedding, the wedding is on June 21st, you don't get to call your cousin and say, hey, any way you could do that on the 22nd? You know, because I got a spa day planned for the 21st. If you're committed to doing it and you can't control when it's happening, that's actually something that has to go into your calendar first. Sometimes it will determine whether you're actually committed to it or not because, You know, I've got two cousins' weddings, and they're both on the same day, same time. I can only do one. So I've got to make a choice. But what I can't do is I can't move the event itself. So where does that show up in the world of business? That often shows up with large training events. I'm committed to going and seeing a Tony Robbins or, um, you know, a political leader speak who's been a great influencer of mine or I wanna see a pastor give a speech at at this big event, or uh, my company has an annual thing that I'm committed to going to because it's a great networking opportunity, and, and, and. All of those things actually have to go into the calendar first. If you are committed to doing them, they've gotta go in the calendar first because you can't book your vacation And then two weeks before realize, oh shoot, I'm missing that important conference that I'm also committed to. I guess the vacation's not happening. That doesn't work. We've gotta get these big block pieces in there that are the ones that we can't control. Now I would encourage you to be very strategic about how many of those you pick. It's easy to get that stuff to run your whole life if you're over committing to things that you can't control. So be selective, be purposeful and selective. How many times a year are you gonna get out of your zip code to get better at what you do in either your personal or professional life? Now, maybe there's a marriage retreat that you and your partner are committed to annually. Well, great, that's gotta get in the calendar because you're not gonna control when it is. We've got to get these events in there, and I would encourage you to look a minimum of six months out. Ideally, it's probably 12 to 18 months out. Sometimes you may have to find that it's even further than that, but even large organizations and large events often aren't planned much more than about 18 months out, which can be problematic with a, hey, we're planning on going to Europe when my wife turns a certain age, and we might want, want to be two, three months, two, three years in advance planning it, well, you, you may not be able to go to that big conference that year. So be it. So there are events that you're going to commit to that you don't have any control over. Work six to 18 months out, depending on the world that you're in right now and how much advance notice you need. I would encourage you to look at least six. You'll find quickly that it helps to be 12 to 18 months out, and get those in your calendar first. Let's move on to the second topic, which is really the U time. And this is a macro and a micro at the same time, because I would argue passionately that there is daily U time that needs to happen. And when I say U time, I mean you working on you. Your partner in life isn't even involved in this. Which I will often find to be a first thing in the morning thing. Now, there's some of you who are able to schedule that as a midday thing, as an evening thing, whatever it might be. I will share with you my personal experience. If I want to have devotion time, if I want to have time where I'm reading, time where I'm, again, me working on me time, I find I need to get it done first thing. Like, get up, do that. And usually it means I also have to get up before anybody else. So this is early morning time. For some of you that might mean 6:30 in the morning. For others, you mean nope, might mean 4:30 in the morning. I can guarantee you, <laughs> it's going to be before 9 a.m. if we're calling it early morning, because by then the rest of the world is up and at it, and they want your attention. So you got to beat them to it if you're going to be committed to it and you're gonna to work to fit it in, in the morning. So that's the micro version of it. What's the macro version of it? Well, how do you recharge? Great, we've got this daily habit in there. Maybe it's a daily devotion, daily gym time. Maybe it's going for that morning run, that swim. Maybe it's for a walk. Maybe it is with your partner, maybe it isn't. But that's getting blocked in the calendar, and very rarely are we gonna compromise that piece because we know it's something that we need to have as a daily habit, as part of our routine. Let's look at the more macro, though. The macro is, how do you recharge? Monthly, quarterly, annually. One of the habits that I've built is having the last two weeks of the year off. It's a great time to connect with family, great time to reconnect with people. The world is, you know, it kind of allows us to have more downtime then. So there's less pressure of you know notifications on the phone or whatever it might be. It's easier to shut it off then. And it's a great time where other people are also making time to connect. With that said, I will, I'll share one other with you, which is I'm a big fan of the three-day weekend. So if you look at my calendar on any given day, you'll, you will find that month in, month out, there's a three-day weekend book every month. That's a great refresher for me. It's not so long that I, you know, (laughs) at the end of it, I never wanna work again. However, it's it's that additional break in the routine that allows me some reflection time, some perspective time, some downtime, catch up on, a little extra rest, whatever it might be so I can spend the rest of the month really getting after it. So first we wanna block in those things that you can't control. Secondly, we wanna block in you time, both micro and macro. What do you need daily? And what do you need on more of an annual basis to refresh you? Then I would argue invite the other people in your personal life in and block that time. What does your marriage need? What do your friendships need? What time do you need to commit to your children, to your parents, your relatives, the people that really matter to you outside of business? Is it dinner with your family every night? Is it a date night? That stuff's gotta get blocked in. We've got to spend time making time for that before we put anything else in the calendar, before we put a single business daily recurring event in the calendar. If we're not feeding and thriving in our personal relationships, it's often gonna spill into a dysfunction in our business. So this is actually gonna help our business by taking care of us and our personal relationships first. Think of it this way, if you're not right with you, you can't help anybody. If you're not right with your family, you can't help your business. So those things have to happen first. They've gotta be prioritized first before we can dump into the business world. What you can't control goes in first, then the you time, then the personal time. Now we finally, item number four, four, instead of item number one, which is often the case for most of us in business, item four is we begin to block in business time. Time that we're gonna dedicate to what we do professionally. And here's the universal truth. So whether you're in real estate, you're in a service industry, you're running that plumbing supply store, whatever your business is, there are 20% of your activities that lead to 80% of your results. The Pareto Principle. 20% of your activities lead to 80% of your results, okay? So, if that is the case, the 20% stuff must happen first. It's gotta get done first. So, homework item number one from this podcast is Do you even know what your top 20% is? If I called you today and say, hey, what is your top 20%, could you rattle it off for me without even thinking about it? Or would you have to think about it? Would you have to kind of mull through it? If you don't know what your top 20% is, you don't know where to focus your time. So we've got to first do that, define it in writing and then block the time off for it. For many small business owners, it's on business development, finding your next client before you begin to service the clients you have. An attorney's job is to find their next client before working on their caseload. A realtor's job is to find their next client Before servicing their current clients. Because here's the thing if you don't perpetually find your next client, you will be out of business soon. And then who can you help? That's a real question. Who can you help? Nobody, because you're out of business. You want to continue to deliver value to the clients that matter to you then you have to continue to find clients so that your business can continue to stay open. For some of you, it may be talent acquisition. You've gotta take the time purposefully to find talent to continue to grow your business. For some of you, it might be coaching the talent that you have so that they continue to do their top 20%. Either way, we've got to define our top 20%, and we've got to do it first. So whenever your business day starts, whether it's 6.30 in the morning or 10 AM, whenever it starts, and I would prefer it start earlier for you, you do the top 20% activities first. Spend three to four hours whacking away at the top 20% and do everything you can to hold off the outside world. Because the outside world has its own 20%, which in many cases is your 80%. The stuff that if you focus on, you're gonna get a diminishing return for the time invested. However, there's a pressure pushing on you because it's their top 20%. So they need answers. They need this. They need that. They need your attention. They need your time. Eventually, that's going to catch up with you. But at 8 o'clock in the morning, you can hold it off. At 10 o'clock in the morning, you can hold it off. At 2 o'clock in the afternoon, good luck. Get after that top 20% and get after it before you start eating lunch. Yeah, you know, I used to build sets for a living for movies and commercials and theme parks and all that kind of stuff. And we'd get going early, 30, 7 o'clock. This was out in Southern California. And what I began to realize is what was done by noon was 75% of what we would get done that day. Even though we'd only worked half the day so far. What was done by noon was 75% of what was gonna be completed. You had to get it done by then because the afternoon effectively was the finish up stuff. So if it wasn't done by noon, it wasn't getting done that day. And I, in observing hundreds of people's businesses as well as my own, have found that that's true as a through line. If you aren't getting it done in the first half of your day, you're probably not getting it done. Which means the can gets kicked to the next day. If I stitch together enough days like that, my business begins to fail. Because the things that matter most for my business aren't being accomplished. The the things that matter most for my role aren't being accomplished. I've got to book my top 20%. I've got to book it in the first half of my day. Now, on occasion, can I do it at other times? Brad, I get better results if I make my calls in the evening. Sure, okay. On occasion, can you do some call time? Sure, the first for sale by owner I ever landed was a call at seven o'clock at night as a follow-up. So I'm not gonna say it doesn't work. However, if you build the habit to get it done before noon, it will work better, it. Then we have to leave time for the 80%. Because the 80% is gonna happen. There will always be a 20% and an 80%. What we need to do is spend a disproportionate amount of the time on our 20%. In other words, if I'm dedicating 10 hours a day to business, I can't spend two hours on my 20%. That's how the world is naturally wired to work. I need to spend a disproportionate time on that to get a disproportionate return for the time invested. So I need to spend three, four hours on my top 20% early in the day so I can start magnifying my return for time invested. And, The 80% is going to need some time, too. Here's the piece you need to hear. The work in your 80% is the work that fills the time you give it. So if you set aside three hours in a day to work on the 80%, it's going to take all three hours, and it's going to ask for another hour or two. If you give it six hours, it's going to take all six hours, and it's going to ask for another hour or two. If you give it 12 hours, guess what? It's gonna take all 12 hours and ask for an hour or two. This is the part of our businesses that expand to fill the time we give it. So we've gotta put hard brackets on it. Limit the amount of time that that part of our business gets. If we can do that at a high level, when we do that at a high level, you will find that there's a great efficiency that can happen in the 80%. You can actually fly through a mountain of stuff quickly by wrangling that time in, putting hard brackets on it, and forcing it into. A tighter constraint. Here's how you know that's true. If you want something done, give it to someone who's busy. Because when you give it to someone who's busy, they're going to get it done quickly because that's all the time they have. You give it to somebody who's not busy, it's going to fill the time they have, which could be weeks instead of hours. The last piece I want you to consider is what I would call white space or opportunity time. This is the piece that I'll be honest, I struggle the most with because I like to fill my calendar. Hey, there's 30 minutes. Bounce, ah, cram more stuff in there. Just go from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. No breaks, no lunch, standing up. Put on the Depends diaper and keep cranking. White space allows for opportunity. If we've got our calendar so packed that we can't return a call of an inquiry, we might lose a massive business opportunity. If we don't have time in our calendar to explore a relationship deeper, of a past client who maybe could turn into a continual source of referrals, it could actually be a stifle to the growth of our business. I want you to seriously consider having some white space in the calendar. It's not in the first half of the day. First half of the day should be fairly regimented, fairly packed with the stuff that matters most, you time, personal time, top 20% of your job, right? But in the afternoons, leave some gaps. That allows for a phone call back. That allows for a quick coffee meeting. That allows for dot, dot, dot. We've gotta leave that time in our calendar for the opportunities we don't even know are coming. If your calendar is so packed that those can't get in, you're never going to attract them to you. And I don't know where they're going to come from for you. You know, to me, it's usually the odd call, the odd text, the odd email that I have a few minutes I respond to, and before you know it, I'm in business with another person. And that business flourishes. The white space, the opportunity time, is actually key to the growth of a business I've found. And I would encourage you to find time for that. It also is a great time for, you see an employee struggling. You see somebody on your team having a bad day. White space in your calendar allows for, hey, let's walk across the street and have a cup of coffee and just chat. And sometimes those moments are the difference between someone being able to perform in their job or not, someone staying in your organization or not, Someone realizing that you actually freaking give a darn or not. Let's recap, and I'm going to get you out of here quick. Here we go. First off, it's time blocking, not time management. You're not going to be able to manage time, but you can choose how to allocate the time that you have. Two, put the stuff in the, com- in the calendar that you have no control over, but you are committed to attending whether it be personal or professional. Three, you gotta put you time in. If you aren't right with you, you're not gonna be able to help anybody else. So whatever that is for you, however you feed you so you have to give, you need to do that first. Then the personal relationships, especially your partner in life. If you're blessed enough to be married, Man, you got to pour into that relationship, and it takes time. Which means you've got to set aside the time to do it. Or guess what? One day you're going to wake up, and that relationship's not going to be there. Requires time invested. Switching into business, we've got to put our top 20% as the priority first. Define what your top 20% is, and then have that be the piece that takes the priority time in your calendar, which I would argue passionately is before 12 o'clock. Get it done first. The 80% we've now contained, because we've locked all the other stuff in, 80%'s only gonna get a little bit of time, which is all it freaking deserves. If we give it any more, it's gonna take it and keep asking. So we gotta contain it. And leave some white space. Don't go crazy. You gotta leave some time for opportunity. You do that, you will be more effective, not just in business, but in all areas of your life. Thank you so much, gang, for joining us today. And if this has been of value to you, please share it with those that you love. You can find us at any time at KnowlesDevelopment.com and on Facebook at Knowles Development. I hope this has moved the dial for you personally. Now go get them.